Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing on our road to 300 episodes. And tonight, we are taking a trip to LA, South Central LA, in fact circa 2001 for Vincent's selection for this stop on the Michelle mission as we visit with Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke in director Antoine Fuqua's Training Day. Training Day. Oh man, this is one of those like tentpole movies that people have been like, y'all reviewed Training Day yet? I know, I know. How you doing, my associate of African American descent? Why I'm doing <laughs> quite well, my co-host of African Descent. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. And we hope each and every one of you out there are doing well as we are streaming live to Facebook and YouTube via our good friends at StreamYard. Shout out to everybody that is out there in the chat. Um, it's interesting, Vince. Did someone actually um, talk to me? this week and they were talking about how much they enjoyed the show oh okay that's good uh, a new fan here in Philadelphia oh excellent excellent Welcome. and they were saying they were asking me uh, about you know when we give shout outs to people in the chats mm -hmm. and you know we read the emails and they were talking about how there are a lot of the same names keep coming up mm -hmm. you know as far as like emails and, and as far as people in the chat and I said, well, we have tons of people out there, mm -hmm. but there are the same names that kind of like say hello. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. you see them engaged in a conversation in the chat mm -hmm. and that also send us our email. So mm -hmm. we, that's why the names tend to, you know, repeat so often because those are the vocal. Yes. You know, so that's how it is. Yes. So shout out to Blue Girl 718, Aaron Fry. Farrell Blackwell, Deborah Battle, of course, always in the building, Robert Monroe Jr., uh, Khadija Waldron. Uh, uh, hello, 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 hello. Good hello. evening, good evening, one and all. And I would be remiss. Ah, don't be remiss. If I did not give a hearty, how you doing, to one Damon Williams. Hey, it's my brother. That's your brother. What's up? Uh, and Blue Girl 718, in regards to all the people that uh, get, show us love in the chat, it's called loyalty. <laughs> we love everyone. We very much do. The ones who speak up and the ones who are just listening silent. Because they don't have to listen at all. No, they don't. You know. They don't. They don't. So, um, thank you one and all. I, I saw that recently. That uh, re recently it was... Uh, James Earl Jones' birthday. Very nice. Happy Very birthday, nice. James Earl Jones. A little bit of trivia. Ooh, some James, James Earl, Earl Jones, Jones trivia. I don't know if you're aware of this. Did you realize, Vincent, mm -hmm. that James Earl Jones was not credited for the first uh, trilogy of Star Wars movies? I didn't know it was for the entire trilogy. No, it was first two. Excuse okay, me. I knew two. that there was an issue about his... Accreditation, accreditation, right. accreditation, being credited. 
There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily an issue. It was by his design. He, he by his request that he was not credited. Right. Um, he talked about and it, there actually was an interesting post that was put in our Facebook group. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I drew a blank on the person who put that post out there where James Earl Jones had took note of the woman that did the dubbing for mm-hmm. Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Oh. She was listed as just under special effects. She, Interesting. She didn't take credit. Okay. So she he requested uh, first, upon not receiving any credit uh, at his request in the first two films, subsequently he asked to just be credited as under special effects. Okay. For his voice. Now, in years ongoing, you know, as the Star Wars brand has risen, James Earl Jones has kind of like acquiesced and said, well, if y'all want to give me a credit. Sure. Now, do you know why he originally didn't want the credit? It was because he just felt like he wasn't doing the heavy lifting. Well, because it's funny. It's one of those things where I know the actor, the actor who who's in the costume, mm-hmm. there's been a little jostling about credit and and what it always comes back to money over the right, years right. like the actor in the in the Darth Vader costume in the C3PO costume the mm-hmm. you know the Chewbacca costume like I know those actors there was a little bit of push and pull early on uh, here, I'll, I'll read it exactly to, for you. J- James Earl Jones is known as the voice of Darth Vader in the 77 film Star Wars uh, and the Empire Strikes Back Return of the Return of the Jedi. Darth Vader was portrayed in costume by David Prowse okay. and Sebastian Shaw in the film trilogy with Jones dubbing Vader's dialogue in post-production because Prowse's uh, West Country accent was deemed unsuitable for the role. At his own request, Jones was uncredited for the original releases of the first two films, though later he would be credited for the first film in the special edition release. He explained in a 2008 interview that when Linda Blair did The Girl and the Exorcist in 1973, they hired Mercedes McCambridge to do the voice of the devil coming out of her, and there was controversy as to whether Mercedes should get credit. I was one who thought, no, she was just special effects. So when it came time to Darth Vader, I said, no, I'm just special effects. Ah, that's what it was. But it became so identified by that third one, I thought, okay, I'll let them put my name on it. Wow, well, that's interesting. There you go. So that's the uh, shout out to him. I didn't realize that his first film role was in a film that I just watched for the umpteenth thousand time this weekend. Um... His first film role was in 1964 in a film that I'm sure a a dark comedy that Mm -hmm. I'm positive you've seen and are a huge fan of. Okay. Do you know what the film is? I don't. I I don't. I was sitting here trying to remember. It's one of the longest film titles ever. Right. Right. Because I honestly just off the top of my head can't think about him before The Great White Hope. Ah, which was in 1970. That was his first starring role. Okay, so what was he in? His first film role was as the young and very trim, if you watch him, Lieutenant Zog, the B-52 bombardier in Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. You know what? 
another is film Sacrilege. I think it's like I'm not a huge fan of Doctor Strangelove. Oh, really? I think I've, I've, I've probably seen it twice in oh my entire my life. God, I love that movie. I know. Everybody I, does. Man, I love that movie. It never. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. Peter Sellers in like nine roles in that movie. Well, I think like three, to be honest. I mean, if, I'm, if I've already got out the knife killing sacred cows, I never thought Peter Sellers was that funny. Okay, since we're since we're since like we're, he's all right. Since we're carving up meat, right? Like the, the like, like the Pink Panther movies, I've seen them, and I said I saw them, and I'm like, okay, well I've seen them. Yeah, okay. See now, I I'll ride with you on that, right? Because I actually think the Pink Panther movies are just like yeah, uh, right. yeah. yeah. I don't I don't. But Peter Sellers himself, mm-hmm. I enjoy him because I enjoyed him in the original The Lady Killers. Um, I enjoy him in uh, being there. I don't um, remember being there, and I and I of course love him absolutely, uh, love him in Doctor Strange Love. Okay, maybe but I'll the, revisit it. You won't like it. I, well, I thought you would like it. It's Stanley Kubrick. I thought you would like it. Look, man, yeah. I mean, you like his two thousand one. I like two thousand one. I like um, oh, what's the next the other one that just popped out my head because we're talking about Peter Sellers. Uh, what's in the Kubrick film? Yeah, what's the other big uh, Kubrick film? Path of Glory? No. That's the one I know. What? There's another oh, one. Oh, The Shining. I do like The Shining, although I wasn't thinking about The Shining. Regardless, yeah. Dr. Strange Love, I, I just thought it was kind of. Like, it's good. Okay. But yeah. Right. I didn't watch enough to know that James Earl Jones was in there. Yeah, and it's a small role. Okay, well, happy birthday to James Earl Jones. Shout out to James Earl Jones. Somebody wrapped wrapped that brother in... Uh, Aaron Fry says maybe the movie that you're trying to pull is Full Metal Jacket. Well, I definitely like Full Metal Jacket. Well, well, you're a Kubrick fan. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like Full Metal Jacket. Or Clockwork Orange? Clockwork Orange is what I was trying to pull. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Uh, And you're... your brother was yeah. right there with you. Yeah, because he, exactly. he, he knows I love some Clockwork Orange. He knew he knows his baby brother. Yeah. All right. A little bit of the ultraviolence. <laughs> also, you know the Clockwork Orange connection to something I love what, as a lover of music <laughs> and 70s music. You uh, know what? Steely Dan. That's where the, the name Steely Dan comes from. Clockwork Orange. I don't know if it's in the novel. I've heard that, but yeah, I don't know if it's in the novel or in the movie too. But Steely Dan. It's is it's, that a character? It's in the, the movie? name of a dildo. Oh, really? The old Steely Dan. Oh, I've seen Clockwork Orange maybe twice. Oh my goodness! And once, I'm sure I wa- it was way too young. Sunday. Oh, I do love a little bit of the old ultraviolence. It's just like crazy. The irony is, it's not even that violent by today's standards. When but it's you watch just, it. but it's bizarre. It's yeah. a bizarre movie. Yeah, like, and, 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 and I found it annoying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. But happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> to James Earl Jones. To James Earl Jones. <laughs> oh, oh, we do love tangents, don't we? Here <laughs> on the Me Show Mission. Um. Vincent. Yes. I asked you to remind me, but I'm remembering. Okay, so I don't have to remind you. To tell you about food, when food goes too far. Yes. So tell me if you have ever heard of this. Okay. 
a friend of mine okay. w- went to went out for breakfast mm-hmm. at, at this diner in New Jersey. Okay, right? I'm not going to give the, the the name of the diner. I am wrong, by the way. I knew that wasn't right. That's actually from Naked Lunch. But Steely the Dan. Steely Dan. I was like, wait, that's not. Yeah, that's not right. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't the name of a. Well, yeah, it's it's right. It is it is the name of a, of a dildo, but it's from William Burroughs' Naked Lunch. Is that a movie or a book? Book. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well done. That's the type of thing that would haunt me. And then, like two years from now, somebody would write in and say, "I was listening to your old podcast, and you dumbasses mixed up <laughs> Clockwork Orange and Naked Lunch." That is exactly what they. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Let's be clear. <laughs> We've done this long enough <laughs> that I know I need to fix it immediately. Immediately, because someone is typing in 2030. Somebody's gonna listen to that and go, "Oh, not at all." Mm-mm. Go ahead. Worst podcast ever. <laughs> Anyone knows the Steely Dan? I, the Steely Dan is from Naked Lunch. Go ahead. Anyway, Paige. Um, <laughs> What I was going to say. Food know. goes too far. Food goes too far. I went out to a diner with uh, their family mm-hmm. this week, right? And, and you know, a nice guy, nice-sized guy. Okay. Right? So he likes to eat. Yes. So you go to a diner. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I love a good diner. Love a good diner. And this is apparently this world-famous diner in North Jersey. Okay. Goes there, orders... Pancakes and eggs. Okay. Right? But not just pancakes and eggs. Okay. Orders a Western omelet. Okay, Western omelet and... Western omelet is ham, peppers, onions... Cheese. And cheese. Yeah. Three eggs at least. Mm Mm-hmm. Boom. But he also orders meat pancakes. Meat pancakes. Have you ever heard of meat pancakes? No, no, I'm, I'm... Me neither. Meat pancakes, ladies and gentlemen, are pancakes that are made with sausage, mm-hmm. bacon, mm-hmm. and I think one other meat, but possibly just sausage and bacon mm-hmm. in the batter. In the batter. So they are inside the pancakes. Okay, it sounds a little bit like bacon pancakes from Adventure Time. Perhaps they're like bacon pancakes. Yeah. In in adventure time. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. You take the bacon and you put it in the pancake. Bacon pancakes. Go ahead. See, this is what happens <laughs> when you have a kid when you're raising them in the time of adventure time versus a kid who I was raising in the time of the Simpsons. Yes. I don't know this song. Yes, yes. You do. Yes. You were raising kids yeah, in the time yeah, of adventure yeah. time. So anyway, meat pancakes. Meat pancakes. That is a sign of food that has gone too far. Sounds like somebody's going to have a heart attack if they don't watch themselves. To order that alongside a Western omelet? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Because that's not counting the syrup that you're putting on it. Yeah. I'm like, man. Yeah, you, you need to tell your boy to slow down. And... They had biscuits. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Easy. (laughs) I'm concerned by proxy. I am concerned by proxy. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm not. I, I'm not with that. Um, Farrell Blackwell wants to know: Did he order a defibrillator? Exactly. Gotta um, be easy with all that. Yeah, man. That, that that was a lot. I actually felt concerned for. Him. I was like, dude, like, like you are not a small man, dog. Yeah. Like, I don't want you. I don't no. want you around here for a minute. You got a family that you yeah. love. This is a this this is actually a terrible story. Yeah. So, but. That restaurant should be ashamed of themselves. I, look, man, look. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's that's a young man's game. Maybe it's, it's maybe it's is it is it in a college town? Well, it's North Jersey, right? Mm. So it's like yeah. So maybe it's, you know it's a young man's game. Well, he ain't a young man, right? Exactly. Exactly, bro. I know you're listening to me. Check yourself, mm-hmm. man. I want you around for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, give your heart a break, like Robert, yes. Monroe, Mar- Robert Monroe Jr. Like the the missionaries are saying, give your heart a break. Yeah, oh yeah. And the missionaries they cutthroat, oh, so yeah. they saying give you a break. They oh, want you yeah. to give you a break, bro. Oh, All right, yeah. All right, Vincent, we got some emails. Calling me a, a dumbass for mixing up Clockwork Orange with Naked Lunch. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you are a dumbass. <laughs> uh, Belinda Silver. Hey, Belinda. Up and coming. It seems as if the new up and coming actors are British. Hmm and in some way not American. Mm. I've read they are much easier to work with than their American counterparts, such as No Posse, uh, No Posse, Classical Trained, and Work Ethic. One, how do you feel about people of the diaspora taking roles in American? And two, who are the Americans who can replace the likes of Morgan Freeman, Samuel Jackson, etc.? Um, Belinda. Mm. I don't like this conversation. Okay, so you don't want to? No, 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 no. I think it's it's it's. I think unfortunately there is still a dearth of roles. Mm -hmm. So because of that, you have people fighting Mm -hmm. for a limited number of roles, Mm -hmm. and so we get this. And, and and you know you know I don't like it. Like I just don't like the the whole construction of the conversation. Like like I don't really like black people fighting other black people. And and you know like I've heard this notion of oh well maybe they're easier to work with. And mm-hmm. you know what the implication that American black actors are <laughs> no rough mm-hmm. or 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 just or 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 British black people are passive like both of those i don't like like i feel like both sides of that are kind of insulting i just i, I yeah i don't know i, don't I wish it was more roles yeah i mean and i hope we keep developing stuff well i think we are yeah the, the, the beautiful thing is that there, i think yeah uh, while you can wish there are more roles, there are more roles than ever. Yes, right now. Mm-hmm. So you can find your lanes. Um, as far as whether or not you know, black British actors are easier to work with than American British actors. I've heard that same argument. Just British and American actors. Period. Regardless right. Of right. Not they're black, black or whatever. Um, I've heard that argument. Just American actors versus pick a country mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i you're right i i think it's a uh thankless conversation and it's not a, the, thank you belinda for the email i think it's worth at the at the, at the risk 
of being a hypocrite talking about. Like, like I do think there is this, I, I do think it is worth talking about. Are there some roles mm-hmm. that should be inherently that we think inherently should be played by actors of, of a certain background? I mean, okay. So, but if you, if that were the case, then I think that an argument certainly could be made that the role that made Idris Elba the superstar that he is yeah should should have been pl- played by an american and that was stringer bell in I, the I mean wire. that is that is that's that's the argument but but how far do you go with that exactly how far do you go with that like you and I were talking about you know I don't know if you want to segue into this I watched Macbeth this weekend. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that's I, like I'm pretty sure the whole cast, or at least the 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 main, you know, Francis McDermott and mm-hmm. Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think Corey Hawkins is American. I believe so. Yeah, like these are Americans. Like, are you are like is Shakespeare now off the table? Um. That's a good question. Like, like, how far do you yeah, want to go? Like, like, do, like do, where do we for for British actors? You know, right? where do we go with this? Yeah, yeah, where do we go with this? That's a good question. Speaking of Macbeth, and actually the 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 full title of the film. Yes, yes, the, the tragedy. Yes, of Macbeth. Yes, um, which I think just did it just premiere last. Oh, week? oh yeah, it dropped this weekend. Because I was as as we if you've been listening to the show longer than fifteen minutes, you know I've been following this thing drooling from the moment it was announced. Now, where did you see this? Oh, on Apple TV. Okay. okay. Yes, it was on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And y'all know how I feel about free advertising. Yes, I know. I know. But yes, it was on Apple TV. I think it ha- it has had a limited theater run. I don't know where yeah, people it's are. Yeah, actually, it's actually in some theaters. It's yeah. actually uh, um, showing at our our Theater home away from home, Bryn Mawr Film Institute. You know what? It sure is. I drove past there and saw that it was showing there. Is yeah. it still there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what you think of Tragedy it of Macbeth? was spectacular. Really? It was absolutely spectacular. Okay. Like, like, like it was phenomenal. Mm. I cannot praise this film enough so now this is the story of Macbeth but is it in Shakespearean oh yeah okay so it is oh yeah it is it is you, you know um, is it a period piece or is oh it... yeah okay I mean I oh don't yeah, know. yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Joe Cohn directed it uh who adapted did he adapt it uh let's see because unf- unfortunately I'm, I'm thinking about um Think about West Side Story, and I know Tony Kushner. Film and written by, by Joel, Joel Cohn. Right. Yes. So I think there, like, like I read somewhere that there's a speech of Lady Macbeth's that they put in a different part of the film, mm-hmm. but but no, it's it's the play. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually the play uh, with Denzel Washington, Francis McDermott, um, who also was a producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Hawkins, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Alex Hassel, Harry Melling, Catherine Hunter, and and um, Brendan Gleeson. Right, right. And Catherine Hunter plays the three witches. You're looking at the cast, I'm assuming. It's uh, not right in front of me. I am looking at the cast, and Catherine Hunter in plays the in, indeed plays the witches. Yes, yes. So, so 
phenomenal. Really? Really? Like, just, just, it's, it's just incredible. I've never seen an adaptation of Macbeth. Have you seen a production of it? I've never seen a production a of production. Macbeth. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, it, look. It's never my go-to. As far as Shakespeare. As far as, like, like oh, I got to go see a production. Or oh, what's, you know, and I get to pick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm born. Like, I'm always going to pick Hamlet. Mm. You know, maybe Othello. Like, I, I do love Othello. Okay. If I want some jokes. um, Midsummer t- Or Taming of the Shrew. Okay, okay. But, you, you know, Lady Macbeth is the role. Mm-hmm. And Frances McDermott is phenomenal. Well, she, like, when she never is not. <clears throat> I think the thing I love about this so much, I think a lot of productions of Macbeth, if it's not played right, Macbeth is almost a tool of Lady Macbeth. As far as, far as Lord Macbeth. R- right, right, right. Well, you know, she's kind of orchestrating. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that Denzel Washington brought to this is is they are partners. Oh, they are partners, and yeah. that hunger mm-hmm. for the throne is in him too. Okay, in a way that I haven't, and and you 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 get it, like like you get it. The set and the stage design is phenomenal. Really, we were talking about Kurosawa a little bit before the show. It made me think of of we, we were talking about Ron, which is his his adaptation of mm-hmm. King Lear, and somehow I didn't mention Throne of Blood. Mm. which is his Macbeth. Yeah. But it actually reminds me a lot of that. Like, you know, just those stark black and whites and the shadows and it's real foggy. And so it sounds like it, like almost like a noir. It, 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 I think he uses a lot of the noir language. Okay. And it, it is, it is phenomenal. I, I, I just cannot say enough about older Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Like like between this and fences, like mm-hmm. like like there's just so there's so much power. Mm-hmm. Like he's just getting more powerful, I think, as an actor. And it it is I I cannot recommend this film enough. Oh, wow. and Catherine Hunter, yes, plays the, the witch. Yes, wow, yeah, all that. Wow, she plays all three witches. Yes. And she gives a physical performance mm-hmm. that is magnificent. Okay. Yeah, I've read something. They talk about the type of acting that she did that I don't know because I'm not an actor. But it made me think, have you ever seen, um, did you see The Elephant Man? Yes. Not the movie, the play. No. Right. Well, the play, you know, they don't have those prosthetics. Right. Like he actually distends his body. Yes. On the, in the, and she does that. Oh, really? As the witch, and it is it 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 is phenomenal. Oh, cool! Corey Hawkins is uh plays Macduff, and and he's really good, and and you know he's just not eclipsed. Mm-hmm. Like like again, like it, it's like Denzel Washington, right? At the height of his power, right? So it, it's it's funny to see uh, Corey Hawkins become yeah. Like a really, really adept and 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 um a nuanced actor. He's good. He's very he's very good. good. 
Like, and and I'll be honest, I think the first, it's not the first time I laid eyes on him, but like the first time I really, really, really took notice of him mm-hmm. was as Dre and Straight. Yeah, I was about to say. And um, you know, and I had my problems with that movie that so that maybe blinded me to whatever he was doing in that movie. Mm-hmm. But subsequently, every time I've come across him, he's he's been he's on his game, man. Well, he is really good in this. Yeah. All right. So all right. so I I strongly recommend recommend and, and if you don't have Apple TV, I think this is the killer app for Apple TV. So this is this is the one. This I think it's yeah. Let me you know for a month or however long you need to get it to watch it. There you go, Janine. Um, in the chat says she watched Macbeth. It is visually stunning. It is. Robert Monroe Jr. says Macbeth is my favorite Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. He actually mentions Kurosawa's take on it, Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Throne of Blood is fantastic. Uh, um, yeah, I- I'm ready to. And Farrell Blackwell says, uh, so far my absolute favorite Denzel role has been Malcolm X. Looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing how he flips Macbeth. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to check that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to oh, yeah. check that out. Maybe I will check that out this uh, weekend on because I do have Apple TV. Yeah. I've not returned to it for a little bit, but I have yeah. watched it. I did not watch Apple TV this weekend, and that is because your recommendation. <laughs> um, From the sublime. <laughs> To the utterly ridiculous, <laughs> I kept my my television locked <laughs> to HBO Max as I took in the entirety of the Righteous Gemstones, Danny McBride's latest series, <sighs> uh, starring Danny McBride, uh, John Goodman, John Goodman, Adam Divine. Um, that. <laughs> That show is ridiculous. Yes, it is. That show is absolutely ridiculous. And for those who haven't watched it, it is a comedy. It is definitely a dark comedy. Uh, But it is a comedy about um, this um, family of, like, uh, of of preachers yeah. who have like this mega church. Yeah, televangelists. Televangelists, yeah. if you were, if you will. And it is bananas. Mm-hmm. It is it is like it is like the other side of the coin of succession. I think mm-hmm. somebody I heard mm-hmm. somebody say that. And it, it is apropos because this family is bonkers. Um but it is funny. It actually is very moving at times. There's mm-hmm. a, a scene between um Danny McBride's character and his son that actually I found myself like like oh my god it, like very touching um but it's 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 absolutely bananas story I mean I can't I can't do justice to the things that happen in this stupid show um people are slipping in blood um, <laughs> funny Walter Goggins Funny Walter Goggins. Funny Walter Goggins is an official American treasure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And even if you don't get the jokes, ladies and gentlemen, just watch this show and watch how every single character has their own walk. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own distinct walk, and it is 
absolutely insane. There are times where I have to rewind because I've missed something because I'm just laughing at <laughs> Danny McBride walking into a scene with, with you know, double-fisted. Um, oh, my God. It is... It is insane. Thank you for turning me and my friend on. Me and my friend, we sat and watched this all weekend. Um, and it's funny. She said this was a show that her family watched, mm-hmm. and they had been getting it on her to watch it. And I was like, well, Vince told me to, Vince just mentioned this show to me. And she was like, well, Vince said it, watch it. And I was like, oh, well, okay. There you go. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't. Yeah. So that was, that was actual, absolutely insane. So thank you. For the my pleasure righteous gemstones okay all right all right vince yes you ready to play oh are you ready is it time to play? it is time oh for the game show that's sweeping the nation there <laughs> shut up <laughs> it's time for six degrees of derville martin all right Woo! now vincent i have two actors for you today okay one who I I mapped out to a certain point mm-hmm. so that, that if you are stuck, I can get you to this certain point and I know you can take it from there. Okay. The other one, I have not mapped out at all. Not mapped out at so all. So I don't even know whether. Virgin territory. Talking. Virgin territory. All right. So I'll give you the one that I've kind of mapped out. Okay. From. Let's get, see if you can get from Durville Martin. Six moves or less. To Jennifer Aniston. Oh, Okay. I can do that. Oh. Very cocky. Oh. Oh. Now make sure you're thinking about Jennifer Aniston. No, 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 no. I got Jennifer Aniston. I definitely got Jennifer Aniston. Um trying to trying to figure out the quickest way. Cause I can get to her. Through a couple of people. Okay, Jennifer Aniston. I'm going to get to her mm-hmm. because. No, 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 don't do that. Okay. Because, and I'm sorry, but I got to, because this is all I, because this is all I can think of off the top of my head. But Derville Martin is, of course, in Black on the Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams, who, yes, is in um, Mobetta Blues with Samuel Jackson. Who is in so that's, that's two? Samuel Jackson is in Eve's Bayou with Megan Good, who is in Anchorman Two with Vince Vaughn, and Vince Vaughn is in that movie that he made with Jennifer Aniston where they played exes. What's the name of that movie that they were in? That I've I've flipped by like thirty thousand times. It's, it usually was on H. It's always on HBO like two in the afternoon. I can't remember, but actually, I think Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston were both an anchor man. I think Jennifer Aniston wasn't an anchor man. I think Jennifer Aniston was an anchor man. Pretty sure she wasn't an anchor man. Uh, okay, let's let's go to the tape. I mean, I mean that was well done. Yeah. Either, either way, I mean, like bravo. Um, but I thought she was an anchor man. 
pretty sure she isn't in it. She was in a Will Ferrell movie. It's not Anchorman. It wasn't. It wasn't Anchorman. I could have sworn she was in a Will Ferrell movie. I guess maybe not. Um, hold on. I'm. I, I see now. Now I'm. I'm because uh, Jennifer Aniston's filmography, her films, Jennifer Aniston was in. Uh, no, you're right. She mm-hmm. wasn't in Anchorman. Oh, yeah. you know how I know? Because I think she's like a charisma black hole. And like, I would never watch anything with Jennifer Aniston. In it. Wow, that's. That's a little harsh. I like how you're thinking, though. I like how you're thinking of the people. The movie you're thinking of is The Breakup. That's yeah. I like how you're thinking of actors that Vince probably would avoid some like the plague. <laughs> that's not, not what I'm That's thinking. a good strategy. That's not what I'm that's a, It's a good strategy, though. Because the only reason I know about that Vince Vaughn movie is I flipped and I saw Vince Vaughn, but then she comes on, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not watching this. And then I turn. Now, wait a minute. Jennifer Aniston, she's been in some good movies. Such as? <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, the star of such good movies as? The movie I was actually thinking of was um, Bruce Almighty. With the Jim Carrey movie. That's a, that's a funny movie. Is it? <laughs> like, is it actually a funny movie? Or is it something that, like, the, is it something that, like, the movie companies told you it was funny? No, it's, uh, I thought it was funny. All right, here's a good movie that she's in. Okay, and that movie is? The Iron Giant. Oh, she is in The Iron Giant, isn't she? Yes, she is. I apologize. Yes, she is. Her voice, <laughs> for the 10 minutes that you hear it, is not bad in The Iron Giant. <laughs> it doesn't suck the charisma. You are, you are absolutely correct. I stand corrected. <laughs> Steely Dan is from Naked Lunch. <laughs> And Jennifer Aniston. Was and Jennifer the, Aniston was in the Iron Giant. Okay. All right. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. <sighs> that poor lady. Anyway. All right. That was very good. Very good. <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. This next one. All right. You're gonna have to go in the memory bank. Okay. All right. Six moves or less. All right. I like that, Jennifer Anderson. That's a good strategy. I see you over there. Anyway, I see you. Anyway, <laughs> get from Durville Martin. Okay. Six moves or less. Okay. To William Holden. Oh, William Holden. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> God. Yeah, I know. I know. First of all, who is William Holden? <laughs> You want me? Do you want? It's me to, one of those names I've heard. Do you want me to tell you? He's in Network. All right, give me more. He's in. I know. I I know when I see his face, I'll know him. Of course, he's in. Um. Um. Oh God. Uh. Uh. uh Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> okay. Not, that's not. That's not doing it for you. Stalag Seventeen. Not doing it for you. Uh. Executive Suite. Not doing it. For you. <laughs> Uh, Look, man, yeah, 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 you're killing me right now. Uh, I thought you would get it from Network. He's in the um, oh, what's the what's the movie? He I've not seen Network. All I ever and I only and I always think about Network. Oh, is he the one who has the meltdown in Network? No, no, that's Peter Finch. He's his best friend, right? 
He's his best friend. I've probably not seen Network since I saw it in a class. Really? I know. It's especially considering the subject. I, I know. I know. I know. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, he's in uh, what's the movie where he's with Ernest Borgnine? They um are like they're not bounty hunters, but they're um. Oh shit! All right, I gotta look it up. Hold on. Wait, was Ernest Borgnine? Do we determine that Ernest Borgnine was in the split? Yes, we did. Then I can get to him. <laughs> I mean, this one doesn't really count because I because I don't know what William Holden was in. Um, like I could I I concede because I don't know what William Holden was in. He was in Sabrina. He was in the Bridge on the River Kwai. Okay, well, he was in, in Sabrina with so that's um, Humphrey Bogart. And um, is that Cary Grant? No, that not was, Cary Grant. No, Who's, it, who? The other person is Humphrey Bogart, and the woman is Audrey Hepburn. Well, I know Audrey Hepburn. All right, well, let's. All right, let's. let's. The Wild Bunch is the movie I was thinking of, with him and Ernest Borgnine. Oh, so he's in there with Marlon Brando then? The Wild no, Bunch? No, no, no. You're thinking about the Wild Ones or something like that. Oh. The Wild Bunch is like almost like a western. All right, you know what? Let's. I will concede this because I just don't know. But let's play with with Humphrey Bogart and Audrey Hepburn. So now we're jumping to Humphrey Bogart. No, no, because he's in Sabrina. Okay, so he's because he's in Sabrina. With, with, uh, Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart. And yeah, Audrey Hepburn, Humphrey Bogart. Uh, okay. All right. No, no, no. I got it. And I'll, I'll just I'll I'll just sort of take a long way home because um. Let's see if I can get to him the way I want to get to him. Because mm-hmm. this is going to be fun. It's a hoot so far. This is going to be fun. Um, oh, I might be wrong, though. <clears throat> Who's the butler in BAPS? Um... That's uh that's um look up my fair lady real quick. My fair lady? My fair lady. It's Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison. And 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 it's another the old white dude. The the old white dude who's Rex Harrison's boy. Okay. Uh, I gotta open this. Let me go here. Um <clears throat> My Fair Lady. It's Rex Harrison, Audrey Hepburn, and then Rex Harrison. Henry Higgins' best friend, Colonel Pickering. Uh, oh, I, I I went to the the play. I gotta go to the movie. Um, Rex Harrison, Stanley Holloway, Wilford Hyde White. Who yes. plays Colonel Pickering? That's Wilford Hyde White. Click on him. Is he in Baps? He he's in some with some black people. Okay, okay. where it's like, how he end up in this? Now let me see. Let me see. I'll go late in his filmography. Uh, his last film listed here is, you know, where you're thinking of, he's in the toy. All right. I knew he was in something where I was like, Hey, it's Colonel Pickering. All right. So he's in the toy. Okay. All right. Derville Martin is in, is in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Portier, who's in 
Uptown Saturday Night with Richard Pryor, who's in the toy with William something Higgins, uh, William Wilfred Hyde White, who's in My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn, who's in, in Sabrina with, with William, William Holden. Holden. And I never would have gotten that without your help. So I won't take that as a win. Although I do remember Colonel Pickering was in the toy. Well, well, you remember he was in something. Right, right, right. I knew someone with some black people. Is, is it Colonel Pickering? Is that his name? Yes, uh, Colonel Pickering. Yeah. I was like, hey, it's Colonel Pickering from My Fair Lady. Now you got me wondering, Jesus, uh, wondering who was actually in Babs. Right, because that was another one of those actors where it was like, what's he doing here? Yeah. Of course, I put up in Babs and everything except that. Uh, the cast in Baps, it is that was let's see, Halle Berry, Martin Landau was the mm-hmm. the old guy. Right, he's the old guy. Um, but their boy, their boy is played by Jesus. His name is not here. Um. Ian Richardson? I mean, that sounds right. His name's Ian. Yeah, I guess. That, that sounds like a guy. Yeah, and he was old then. Yeah, yeah Ian Richardson. Yeah. Ian Richardson. So, yeah. <laughs> You're way off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. William Holden's a good one. Oh, so, so so your strategy of people that I avoid like the plague and old white actors. Yeah, see, but I saw somebody who, who was shouting out sacrilege over here in the chats. Um, Farrell Blackwell was saying that William Holden was a guy who had nondescript looks. <laughs> that is 100% not the truth. That is not the truth. William Holden in his heyday was, at one time, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood. He was like, he was the guy in Hollywood. Um, and he was a phenomenal actor. And all those films that I just mentioned to you, Sean. No, 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 all, you're all right. Classic all classic you, you, you films. You are 100, look, you are 100% correct. Like, all those films you named, yes, are absolutely fair game. Yeah. Because you said, like, Network, Bridget on a River Kwai. Like, Network, I would have sworn you'd have known. I have seen I, Network. I couldn't tell you who was in Network to save my life. Peter Finch, William Holden, and Faye Dunaway. And Ned Beatty won yeah. an Academy Award for 10 minutes of work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably haven't seen The Bridge Over the River Kwai since I was like 14. Wow, I watch that movie every year. Yeah, like that That very I much, just watched that's it. very much a film that I know my dad made me watch. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, that's good. And William Holden is good in it. And then I never circled it. back to it. So and then, like, what, what else did you name? You named a couple of... And then, Sunset Boulevard. Uh, Sunset Boulevard. I don't know if I've ever seen Sunset Boulevard. Oh, man. It's I know. Stalag 17? Those are, like, two Billy Wilder's must-haves. Stalag 17 maybe once. What? You know my Billy Wilder thing. I like the comedies. Okay. But, oh. I know. Oh, man. Again, I think that's, that, that's a good one. You got to watch Witness to the Prosecution. Hey, I'm not watching that. I mean, that's that. not William Holden, but. Yeah, I'm not watching that. But it, it's, it is, no. You need to watch Witness to, uh, to the Prosecution because while it is a serious subject, it is a very funny film. Okay. 
It's a very you're not gonna watch it. I'm not. <laughs> but that was a good one. This was a good I like I like okay. All right. These were good. All right. I liked William Holden. Yeah, I don't like this disparaging of William Holden. The man is dis- a beast. Even though shame, shame, do you know how he died? He died because he, uh, it's last years, and actually more than his la- just his last years. He was uh, a bit of an alcoholic. Okay. And he was ra- rambling, stumbling, drunk in his house and fell in his house and cracked his head on his dining room table. I mean, no, his coffee table. Damn. And, and died. Well, that's terrible. Yeah, it's found dead. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. Every time I would, I remember every time I would talk about like with old movies with my mom, I'd be like, "Hey, mom, I'm going to watch the Br- Bridge Over River Quiet with William Holden." She's like, "Oh yeah, River, William Holden. He cracked his head on a coffee table. Oh no, that's how he died. Every every single time. That's like that's the only thing she remembered him for. I mean, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah it's a shame. He's a great actor. Anyway. That's how you want to go into. That's how you want to ease. Ease. Let's use that as a segue. So now, Podglomer's going to drop a drop an ad right here. Rice Krispies, the beginning of a full fledged breakfast. Toast and juice to make it complete. What are those crazy? What what is you ever think about those breakfasts that they always show? What do you mean? Like with the cereals and morning part of a complete part of part of a complete breakfast. Yeah, but then they like have thirty thousand other dishes. Right, with the bowl of with cereal. the bowl of cereal that this is part of a complete part breakfast. of a complete breakfast. It's the part that you don't need. Yeah, you I'm about to say you actually <laughs> don't need it. <laughs> Ham and eggs, orange juice. A bowl of blueberries. <laughs> and Apple Jacks. <laughs> Just a part of your complete price. What a way to start your day. Sugar Smacks. <laughs> I never liked Sugar Smacks. I never liked Sugar Smacks. I never liked the sidekick. I never liked the, I, I, no. No, I didn't like the frog. I didn't like the bear. Kicks. They're for kids. Kicks. You can buy it with food stamps. <laughs> right. All right. So now we've separated a little bit from <laughs> holding drunkenly cracking his skull on the side of a table. Okay. All right. And we when we're talking about a complete breakfast. As Aaron Fry reminds us, don't forget the meat pancake. <laughs> don't forget the meat pancake. Seriously, you, t- you tell your boy to chill. I, I will. Okay. I will. I'm All right. Him. I'm going to see him this week. I actually will be seeing, will be dining with him this week. All right. So I will, I will, I will. Maybe you should like get a salad and then stare at him as you're eating it. No. Like silently stare at him while you're eating it. Because he'll probably pour syrup on my salad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to order some Apple Jacks to complete your meal. Can I get some lettuce inside my pancakes? (laughs) Just put the dressing in there too. Just put the chest pork. 
<laughs> take a bowl of blue cheese and a bowl of ranch and just mix them together. Put some Thousand Island in there. The thousand Island pancakes. The dip of mayonnaise. <laughs> the mayonnaise. Put oh that God. on top of the salad. Oh my God. <laughs> That's healthy eating. It's part of a complete breakfast. Part of a complete <laughs> With a bowl of Apple Jacks. Oh. They're great. They're, 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 All right. They're great. Okay. All right. Now let's segue. Oh, there we go. See? <laughs> see, now we're... <laughs> see? See? Podglomerate, you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Let's get into our review of Training Day. <laughs> we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. In the next 24 hours, you will learn about the streets, about the choices that will force a dedicated cop over the edge, all in the name of good. In the next 24 hours, the only thing more dangerous than the line being crossed. Today's a training day, Officer Hoyt. It's your chance to give you a little taste of reality. You think you can handle it? Is the cop who has crossed it. I will do anything you want me to do. Will you? Let's see. If I was a dealer, you'd be dead by night. <laughs> they build jails because of me. Judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigation. You got today and today only to show me who and what you're made of. You hear me? That's what I'm talking about. First day on the job, you hit a $3 million seizure. Police officer! Get away from the girl! No, no, no. We're not racking up arrests today. You let him go. What more you want? I want justice, right? Is that I not mean, justice? That's street justice. What's wrong with street justice? Oh, what? Just let the animals wipe themselves out. God willing. You can't be like this. Open your eyes. Can't you see? Police, we got a search warrant. You ain't no police! Didn't sign up for this. You think I'm crazy, right? We communicate and talk to you. Say it. Say it. You think you're a road cop. Learned a lot of things on these streets, boy. Good things and bad things, too. There's some profoundly evil people walking the streets freely right now. I'm the police. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> you never know. That's the point. Gonna have to be a nice day, huh? It'll get darker. Guarantee you that. Training Day is a 2001 American crime thriller directed by Antoine Fuqua and written by David Ayer. It stars Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke as two LAPD narcotics officers over a 24-hour period in the gang-ridden neighborhoods of Westlake, Echo Park, and South Central L.A. Uh, this film, Vincent's Selection, 
for this stop on the Michelle mission was the film that would garner um, Denzel Washington his Best Actor mm-hmm. Award in the 2002 Academy Awards of Motion Pictures. Vincent, <clears throat> what do you have to say of Training Day? Well, speaking of black men who have won the Best Acting Award, mm-hmm. obviously the past couple of weeks we've spent a lot of time talking about Sidney Poitier mm-hmm. due to his untimely passing. And I, you know, there have been a lot of retrospectives a lot of people talking about interviews that he's given, so on and so forth. And I saw something, and I forget where it was. It may have been, I don't know, when he was speaking to Oprah or or just I read something, where Sidney Poitier said he made a point out of not taking roles that didn't show black people and black men in a dignified manner. Mm-hmm. Like like he always took roles that 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 for lack of a better word would uplift the race, mm-hmm. and I think for the most part, I mean even you, you know you think about something like 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 in in a piece of the action mm-hmm. where he does play a criminal, but it's more along the lines of of a gentleman criminal. He's almost in in a in a Cary Grant mode, right? As as a criminal, but besides that, Sidney Poitier made a whole career out of playing these very dignified roles. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I, I completely understand his reasoning, mm-hmm. but it kind of makes me sad that it kind of constrained and limited the roles he could have taken mm-hmm. because I think he was a great actor so that he could have played roles that weren't necessarily you, you know, something that you could get an NAACP image award for. Okay. And part of the, 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 the luxury part, part of the privilege that Denzel Washington has had as someone who followed Sidney Poitier mm-hmm. is that he had more space mm-hmm. to play different types of roles. And, and 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 Detective Alonzo Harris in Training Day is the exact type of role that we're that we're talking about. I, I'm sure you remember there was a lot of controversy when he won the best acting award, the best acting um, Oscar award for this. And they talked about Alonzo Harris as this very negative, you know, he's this corrupt cop and everything that goes along with it. And that's true. Mm hmm. But this is an amazing role. This yeah. is an amazing performance. I I, th- I think you start and you end with Denzel Washington in this film. Mm-hmm. No, I like to come from the outside, work my way in. This is a film that that. <laughs> There, there's a, there's, there's a lot of actors in it, but it really is a two man show. Like the actors that are in it show up for one or two scene, two scenes at most. Right. And the actors who do show up do a fine job. Uh, you know, Tom Berenger plays one of the three wise men mm-hmm. who Alonzo has to go to um, at some point as he is taking 
this very junior policeman played by Ethan Hawke mm -hmm. through, as the title says, a training day. Yep. And this is a day in the life of, of Alonzo Harris, who is the head of this high-profile narcotics unit that Ethan Hawke's character, Jake Hoyt, wants to become attached to because it's a good career move. Mm -hmm. And then the film follows them throughout this day. Like I said, they're at the center of it. You've got other actors throughout kind of pop in, pop out. I mentioned Tom Berenger. Um, Snoop is in here for a scene doing okay work. Um, His partner's in here, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is in here as part of of, of Alonzo's team. Mm -hmm. um, Macy Gray. Mm -hmm. has a great moment mm -hmm. in this film where she does really, really well. Mm -hmm. Does really, really well. And, and again, almost to an actor. They get a scene, maybe two scenes. They do really well. Mm -hmm. I think the direction is taught. This is Antoine Fuqua, and this is very early in his career. Yep. Very early. I think this might be his second film. Mm -hmm. And his second feature. And it is tight, and it is claustrophobic, and and you know you, you talked about it being set in L.A. His sense of place is is measured, mm -hmm. and 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 wonderful. There there are these little flourishes with the lighting and the filters. There's a moment where Hoyt takes some um, PCP laced marijuana, and there's this wonderful glaze over over the. Uh, over the lighting mm -hmm. during that those scenes that that is fantastic. David Ayers, who's a, a you know well-renowned screenwriter now, this is early in his career. Very early. I love this script. Mm -hmm. I love this script. The thing that I always say about Training Day in the script is that it rewards you. Yes. With repeated viewings, this is a film that, as as a lot of these films do. Again, Hoyt is our is our uh, point of view character. So that we don't know what's going on mm -hmm. because we're seeing it through his eyes. But all the pieces are there mm -hmm. so that when you see it again, you know what's going on. Yeah. And the script plays fair. Yep. The script plays fair. It is it all there from the very beginning. So all that is great. But again, this is Denzel Washington's show. Mm-hmm. And and we use a phrase a lot of times like, oh, you can't take your eyes off of him. But it is more than he is actually mesmerizing as Alonzo Harris, this this detective who is basically seducing mm -hmm. this young policeman and bring him into this his world. Mm hmm. There are moments in this film where, you know, we watch these movies every week and like I'll start the movie. I'll take some notes. I like to pause and then go and get a cup of coffee. OK. I realized an hour had gone by. I couldn't even move. <laughs> Alonzo is like a cobra. Yeah. And he just hypnotizes you. And Denzel Washington moves through this world. Mm hmm. As this apex predator among the, the the different factions of criminals, 
among the street criminals, mm-hmm. among the high-end drug dealers, even with people who are on paper his superior, you get the sense that he is the most dangerous person in the room. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows it. Yeah. And for an hour and 30 minutes, a little over an hour and a half, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. This is an absolute masterpiece for one hour and a half. And I cannot recommend it enough. But there is a moment in this film that it falls under the weight of a couple of different things. Hmm. The first plot point. So, so again, Alonzo is taking this young detective through the day. Right. Alonzo is on paper a corrupt policeman. Yes. We find out in bits and pieces that Alonzo has gotten to, into a bit of a pickle mm. with the Russians. Quite a pickle. And he needs to get a million dollars to them by midnight. Right. And because of this, he's kind of rushed. Mm-hmm. Like if there's any sense of desperation in him, it's because of that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, I don't want to say neuters him. But it does bring him down a little bit when you see how he operates Mm -hmm. because he's always beholden to this timeline. Mm -hmm. So he makes these moves and and he can't really follow through on the moves because he has to deal with this timeline. It doesn't make sense that someone like Alonzo, that you get the sense is a very well-seasoned detective and a very well-seasoned operator in this world Mm -hmm. would have this training day today. Like, it's unclear when the trouble happened with him and the Russians, but, but, you know, you get the sense that it happened long enough ago that everyone or people in the know know that something's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense that he doesn't postpone this day so that he can deal with this. But you know what? As we've often said, it's 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 the tank and jaws that blows up. Love the movie enough, you give it you give it the benefit of the doubt, you go along with it. Didn't right. bother me that much, except that it was a plot point that, you know, when it finally starts to unspool. You start thinking, well, what the hell was Hoyt doing there today anyway? Like of all the days to have a new guy around and you have to do all this stuff. You know, you got to kill a guy. You got to steal four million dollars. Yeah. Like this ain't the day to break in somebody. Mm. But okay, fine. The other thing that happens tonally with this film is that for an hour and a half, it is this extraordinarily, I won't say amoral, but the morality is very amorphous. Like, like you don't know. And, and what I mean by that is this. Alonzo makes the case, <laughs> makes the case, that he bends the rules, sometimes breaks the rules to serve a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. 
And the film for a long time, regardless of what's going on with Alonzo trying to get this money to the Russians, mm-hmm. kind of fluctuates between whether or not he's telling the truth. Right. There's this wonderful moment early on where Alonzo talks to Hoyt and Hoyt tells him that he has a little girl and, and he's married and Alonzo says, oh, you know, well, I got four sons. If you need a son, I can hook you up. Mm-hmm. I can get what you mean. Me, me and your lady can get together and I can give you a son if you want a son. And it's amazingly crass mm-hmm. and it's amazingly insulting and out of line. And Hoyt tells him, you know, I'd rather you didn't talk about my wife like that. And Alonzo tells him, but you see what just happened? I got in your head. You can't let people get in your head. And then he tells him, don't come to the job with your wedding ring on. Yeah, don't bring that your wife to the work with you. So you think, okay. I mean, I don't want nobody to talk to me like that, but okay, I get what he's saying. Like, all right, I get it. Throughout the film, he does stuff. He lets low-level drug dealers go because he's going building towards a higher case even when he ends up murdering the guy and takes the four million dollars and he says to Hoyt that guy was a high-end drug dealer he was basically the biggest drug dealer in LA County mm-hmm. so you know yeah I stole the money but now he's off the street mm-hmm. so that you start to become seduced yourself as the viewer mm-hmm. And the problem with training day is that it blinks and it doesn't follow through with an exploration of this, of this sort of amorality or whether or not. It's, and it turns into a thriller. OK. In the last 15 minutes. And now people are running around and they're shooting and people are punching each other to the point where. Even what happens with Alonzo at the end where the criminal, you know, I'm sorry, not the criminal, the people in the neighborhood all rally together and let Hoyt go and and tell him we'll cover you. Like, it doesn't make a lick of sense Mm. for people who've been depicted as at the height of their intelligence, whether we're talking about Macy Gray's character saying, I need to see your warrant that you said you have, or we're talking about them clapping and, and making the pigeons fly to signal when Hoyt, like these are all very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. And for them to sort of rally and let Hoyt go and, and you know, we'll, we'll watch Alonzo and no one, you know, not really understanding what the blowback from this is going to be. In my mind was a disservice to those characters. Hmm. Which then follows to the end where, you know, of course, Alonzo is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So he gets, you know, he gets his comeuppance from the Russians. But on the radio you hear at the end, he gets a hero's funeral, you know, yeah. so that the implication is that they covered up what really happened with him. Mm-hmm. So now, well, what's going to happen with Hoyt? What's he going to do with that money? Is he going to turn the money in? Are Alonzo's crew going to come back? I mean, I mean, there's just there's a lot that unravels that I got the sense that I don't know if it was the studio. I don't know if it was test audiences. I don't know if maybe this is what David Ayers and Antoine Fuqua wanted, Mm -hmm. but I wanted more of something like a film we watched a couple of years ago, or maybe last year, deep cover. 
Okay. Where, it, speaking of noir, mm-hmm. this is an amoral universe mm-hmm. so that each operator has to figure out their own way through it. And that last 15, 20 minutes took it from me from masterpiece mm. to very good film. Hmm. That regardless, again, Denzel Washington, you know, in, in my, this, this is easily in his top five performances for me. So that, you know, ultimately it upsets me that it's not the masterpiece that it should have been. But this is still a very good film. See, I I could ride with you a little bit on the scene in the L.A. neighborhood where after Hoyt beats up Denzel, after they beat the hell out of each other, to be fair, um, the movie... And 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 there the movie does take a bit of a turn for the dramatic because it has to. It's ratcheting up to the end. I mean, all the way from Hoyt throwing himself off a roof onto the hood of Denzel's car, you know, and still holding on as the car is banging banging out with a whole bunch of other cars. So I mean, that's straight from the movies, ladies and gentlemen. We know that, right? Um, but I could ride with you a little bit where the 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 neighborhood kind of like rallies and lets Hoyt leaves. There definitely is a bit of the Hollywood ending there, almost akin to a movie that we just watched, you know, uh, Juice, where mm-hmm. at the end, after Omar Epps' character beats up um, Tupac, you know, now you got the juice, boy. You know, it's almost like kind of like that. I'd ride with you on that, except as you point out, Denzel Washington's character, Alonzo, for all the control that he is shown to be in of his faculties and his environment and his world um, throughout most of the movie while he is alone with Ethan Hawke's character. When the time comes and they are around other people, you can see that other people, while they give some deference to to Alonzo, they're also kind of like looking at him a little side-eye. And they're looking at him side-eye, one, because they know he's a crooked cop. And at the end of the day, like a crooked cop is like, you know, then how far can I trust you anyway? But you also slowly learn that the criminal world holds no secrets. So everybody from the people in in South L.A. to the Vatos, who he also kind of runs with, they all know what Alonzo was up to and they all know what he did and the trouble that they're that he's in. And they all seem to have a sense of looking at him like, oh my God, that's Alonzo. I can't believe the brother's still walking. Mm -hmm. You know? So that at the end, when when he does get his comeuppance, because remember early on when he pulls up into that East LA um, 
neighborhood and he walks by these guys standing out front shout out to terry cruz a young terry cruz looking like an old terry cruz because mm. the man just looks yeah timeless you know in 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 a in a um a role with he doesn't have any any lines but you just know him now because like oh my god it's terry cruz as he walks in there they not only giving them side eyes, one guy gives voice to like, yo, I can't stand that dude. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he gives some daps for him taking care of his cousin, but I can't stand the dude because he knows he can't trust him and he knows he ain't about nothing, right? And you get the sense from maybe just because he's the white cop or whatever that Hoyt is at least not totally entrenched with Alonzo's world. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even a couple of times they introduced like, yeah, this is my new boy. I'm bringing him around or whatever. So that when it comes time to um, Ethan Hoss character, and I, and I want to get his name. Hoyt. Hoyt. That's right. Hoyt. When Hoyt beats up Alonzo and then is, is walking with the money, they let him leave because now this is their opportunity to see him get his come Alonzo get his comeuppance. They're not going to, they don't beat up Alonzo. So, you know, like, cause Hoyt already handled that, but they're not going to help him either. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, yo man, you got, you got some, some shit coming to you, man. And like, you know, I, we ain't going to, we ain't going to, um, lay that on you, but we also ain't going to help you out, bruh. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to let you leave. We're going to let you tip out of here in, in your busted up vehicle, but we ain't going to, no, we we're going to leave that that white man alone, man, because he gave you what you had coming. So I kind of, I kind of, I buy that. It, mm-hmm. it plays, it plays like Hollywood. The mm-hmm. scene itself plays like Hollywood, but the motivation behind it all, I, I, it, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. And again, like you said, if a movie has played fair up until a certain point, you understand, understand that there's some things that are going to be movie uh, that's just the business of making movies mm-hmm. they're going to have to get stuck in there and if the movie is able to pull it off reasonably without just overly insult- insulting my intelligence I'm going to give it a pass and I don't think it it, it does that at all okay. so that doesn't that doesn't bother me because to your point this movie is tight mm. this movie is on point Shout out to Ethan Hawke, who's another actor who I actually enjoy. Thankless role, Mm because he basically is like this naive pup throughout this whole film. I mean, you know, he has to stand there and get punked by Dr. Dre. So mad props to him. (laughs) You know what I mean? But he he holds his own and and does it. And and Ethan Hawke is so good in this film that you're like, dude, how can you be so dumb that this cop is telling you you have to take drugs to know your job. Right, right. No, you don't. Right, right, right. No, you don't. You, you don't have to do that. Right. And and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute. You've gotten you've been a cop long enough that you are up to be part of this special narcotics unit. That to me means that you've been on the street at least enough to know the rules. Mm-hmm. But again, to your point, the movie plays fair because later on you learn that he's only been a cop for 19 months. Right. Not just a detective. He's only been a cop for yeah. 19 months. 
Then the movie lets you know that the whole trouble that happened with uh, Alonzo happened about a, a little over a week ago, right? And Alonzo lets it drop that I've been plotting this out for a week. So the movie and playing fair with you lets you know Alonzo's been mapping this whole scheme out. Is it a convoluted scheme? Mm. Yes. Is it like this Rule Goldberg, you know, yes. device that, that's going yes. on? Yes, it is. But nevertheless, he's been mapping this out the whole week as well with Hoyt in mind because, you know, he's asking him questions about his background. But this is, this is shit that Alonzo already knows. He already knows about the, about the the wife and the mm-hmm. kid. He already knows that he's got a boy scout that he's riding with him, you know? So, and he just needs, he knows that if I can get my, get my clutches, get my, get my, you know, my slithering hands on this brother, I can turn him. I can turn his mind a little bit so that he can wrap him in my, in my web to get him to do what I need him to do so that he is the patsy that I need to pull this off. It's convoluted. It's crazy. But that's Alonzo. Right. But why does he need a patsy? He's got a whole crew that'll do it. Because he can't, he, one, he can't turn on his crew because his crew, if any of them buck, they got enough dirt on him to roll. Mm. To roll on him, so it, so it's got to be some. It's got to be a whole new somebody fresh. It's got to be somebody fresh, right? All right, I'll go. And with that. and and also, it's got to be somebody. Um, and he doesn't want to do his uh roll with his crew because ultimately he needs his crew to help pull this joint off. Okay, you know what I mean. Now his crew is in for a penny, in for a pound, but quiet is kept. His crew, it uh. There's some ambiguity of like how far they are with Alonzo. They might be walk certain in certain waters with Alonzo, but maybe they don't walk as deep in the water with Alonzo. You don't know. At least there was a little bit of ambiguity with me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I can understand trying to get trying to get this this fresh pup, you know, to kind of roll with him. Um, so it makes sense. And shout out to this film. It is so good that I was just focusing on that because it is filmed gorgeous. Mm-hmm. This is a gorgeous film. Um, the the Like you pointed out, all of the acting is spot on. It's filmed on location. So all of the locations breathe and feel of an, uh, uh, authenticity. You shouted out... Uh, Macy Gray, another person I want to shout out, and another actor who absolutely never disappoints, no matter what role he is in, and that is my man Cliff Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Who in this film actually is playing Smiley, like the like the lead Vato at the end. Yeah. Um. You know, but Cliff Curtis never disappoints. So much so when I saw him in this film. You know, I just believe, you know, like, oh, my God, he, he's a beast. Because I think this is like the film that really, mm-hmm. the first time I took notice of him. And then the next time I see Cliff Curtis, I think is, um, uh, I just drew a blank on the movie with George Clooney, Ice Cube, and Matt, not Matt Damon, um, Marky Wahlberg. 
Oh, the three king, three kings, three kings. Yeah, he's in three kings, and he's totally different because he's like you know like this. He's like this um, like refugee trying to just you know find a homeland. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's the same guy from. <laughs> right. He's just brown. <laughs> he just do brown, right? Yeah, but but his, but his character is like, yeah. Oh like yeah, I love him in that role. I believe him in this one. The Cliff Curtis never disappoints. So shout out to him. So. It, uh, like the tightness of this film and 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 this drama and and when you think about the whole plot with the Russians, is eked out along the, the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. At no point in the movie do you have all of the the whole story. You don't get the whole story until damn near the movie's over. Getting and right. even then, you get it from the from the Vatos. Yeah, oh yeah. There, the Cliff Curtis is the one that yeah. tells you what went down. You're like, oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. So. It's it 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 it's it's just it's just incredible. We realize he's been planning Hoyt's murder right in front of him. In front of him. But here's the here's the other thing though. I don't know how much he was plotting to. There's a question to me of whether or not he was plotting to kill Hoyt the whole time or just set him up. I think he I think he wanted to bring Hoyt. If I go by your reading, which again is is the tank. In Jaws, mm-hmm. I'm open to uh, alternate readings. Mm-hmm. I think he really did want to bring him in, and I think once he realized that Hoyt wasn't going along with it, like I think Strike One was Hoyt didn't take the money, okay, and then Strike Two was when Hoyt actually said, "Well, just send me back to traffic, right?" Because that's the that was that's been the big threat the whole film. Mm-hmm. So now I can't get you to take the money. Now I can't seduce you with your ambition. Mm-hmm. Now you're a liability. Well, uh, yes. At that point, the worm turned and he had to go. But I think that's when he calls dude and yeah. says, make sure the bathtub yep. is clean. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, which which I've seen this movie a thousand times at least. I never quoted mm-hmm. to this last rewatch. Yep. That, that one line. I, I've caught it maybe a couple of times ago but yeah. you're right you don't catch it but you realize the like from the very beginning mm-hmm. where he asks Hoyt does he speak Spanish yeah so now he knows it well actually the very first thing he says to him d- he he figures out how many guns does Hoyt have that's true he that's says true. you have a backup piece Hoyt says no I just have my service revolver mm-hmm. and he's like oh okay we'll bring that yep. and you realize that he's Putting it all, he's, I'm, he's doing the math. The I mean, time. hell, you go to the very first thing when Hoyt's wife answers the phone, mm-hmm. and she's all giggly mm-hmm. because Lonzo starts to work her, yeah, and realize he got a little young wife. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like you said, it 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 absolutely plays fair. Like you yeah. absolutely see the whole thing building. Even the whole thing with the three wasn't, and we were talking about this a little bit. I was just trying to get the the logistics right. Logistics. I love the fact that one of the three wise men was the ballistics guy. Mm-hmm. Because you got to set up the shooting. You got to, you, you know, yeah. make sure that's right. Make sure, you, you know, the detective who's in charge of high-end theft. Because mm-hmm. if it's something missing after a certain dollar point, this is somebody you need in your corner. That's right. So it's not just the judge. It's not just this one. It's so well thought out. Here's my only question. 
the the character that that they ultimately kill and rob played right. by uh Scott Glenn who's also fantastic also Scott Glenn Roger yeah I still not 100% sure whether or not Alonzo was telling the truth about him being a drug dealer I think he was. I mean, he certainly didn't, doesn't strike. No, no, no. I think he was, and the reason I think he was is because <laughs> Lonzo had all the paperwork. Yeah, like all that, like everything with the three kings, everything where you actually see a warrant. Mm-hmm. Everything you know, they go in and they call, and there it's 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 amazing the difference between how they operate most of the movie. But then this is an actual police operation Mm -hmm. that looks like what you see on television all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they got the signals with the radios and his people and his backup. Unlike uh, when he goes to Macy Gray's and and I love when she says, where your backup, Mm -hmm. you know, again, everyone is amazingly intelligent. Everyone knows what's going on except for Hoyt. Ah, Uh, speaking of Macy Gray. Yes. We mentioned how Denzel Washington, for his performance in this film, won uh, the Best Actor Award. Yes, he did. Academy Awards. And there's a lot of people who say, like, you know, he should have won it for Malcolm X. Oh. I think he should have won one for Philadelphia. Yeah, he should have won. Well, yeah, it would have been Best Supporting. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean, he he probably should have gotten at least one or two before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the Mighty Quinn. And, and, I'm joking. And, and, and carbon and, copy. He was amazing. And, and, yes, yes. It's still on his uh, on his um, resume. Uh, he uses that picture. <laughs> he sent us a picture. Yeah. Um, and, and and let's let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. This happens in Hollywood all the time. Right. People getting. Academy Awards, not for the roles they should have gotten it, but they kind of like, all right, it's your turn. Right. Your turn. Fam- most famously, Al Pacino. Yeah. In a sense of a woman. Appropriately enough, because that's the year that he that Denzel should have won for Malcolm X. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, you know, when everybody knows Al Pacino should have won it for uh, everything. It, well, damn near. Yeah. You know. Take your pick. Right. <laughs> So, but I go there, but I take you to the 2002 Academy Awards and the nominees and winner for Best Supporting Actress. Okay. The nominees are Kate Winslet for Iris, (laughs) Marissa Tomei for In the Bedroom. Okay. I I didn't even know she was nominated again, you know, after, you know, her first win. Uh, Maggie Smith and Helen Marin, okay, both for Gosford Park. Okay, excellent okay. movie. I'll say they were good. They were both good in that. And it's an excellent movie. Okay. And the winner, mm-hmm. Jennifer Connelly, for A Beautiful Mind. A role that some would argue that she possibly was the leading actress. But nevertheless, Wait, that's the Russell Crowe joint, right? Yes. 
Yes. You would argue she was the lead, right? Oh, oh, right. You said she won for supporting actress. Supporting actress. I mean, she. I mean, I guess she's all right in that. Okay, okay, f- fair enough. Yeah. Was, but she, she, she is the person that took home the trophy. Right. Like her job was just to keep her, have her, her mouth open, and be amazed at well his beautiful mind. Right. Yeah. Now, all right. I think uh, I didn't see Kate Winslet or Marissa, Marissa Tomei's performance in either of those films. Yes, I didn't see either of those films. Um, I'm a fan of Marissa Tomei, but I don't think yeah, whatever. Mm. And Kate Winslet, I think she's a good. I think Kate Winslet is actually a good actress. Sure. Helen Marin, Maggie Smith, I ain't going to say nothing against and those. Well, two, you shouldn't. Because those are beasts. Yes, they are. They are both beasts. And Jennifer Connolly, while I don't really remember her in a beautiful mind, I've seen her do good work in other things. Yeah, I mean, so I. But I would argue mm-hmm. that in the mere five minutes, yeah, maybe, yeah, that yeah. she is on the screen, yeah, that Macy Gray should have at least been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Look. Because there's not a lot of women in this in this movie. Mm-mm. And probably the only other woman that has even a semi-prominent role mm-hmm. is Eva, Eva Mendez. Mendez yeah. And she's not asked to do anything right, but right. be the girl right. friend in this movie. Right. She's not bad. And she's not, I mean, she's not, she's not, bad. She's not bad for what she's asked yeah, for to what do, she, yeah. but she's not asked to do anything. Mm-hmm. Macy Gray is so memorable in this movie mm-hmm. because she is at once fierce, like you said, you know, I want to see that warrant, where's your backup? But you can also see that she is still a little nervous. Yes. Because she's shaking the whole time. She is um she is still acting at the height of her intelligence because she's scoping the whole scene mm-hmm. of what's going on. Um and just for Macy Gray herself, she's not an actress. I mean, she's a singer. Yeah. And at this point, she's still first and foremost yeah. a singer. Yet, she absolutely owns that scene. Yes, she does. And not only that, is possibly next to Denzel and Ethan Hawke the most memorable thing about this movie. She absolutely is, because she holds her own with Denzel. Yes. Like, most of that scene is with Ethan Hawke. Right. But she's in it with Denzel, too, and she holds her own. Yeah, for for a moment, and she holds her own. She doesn't doesn't blink at all. I contend that she possibly should have an Academy Award for that performance. I mean, of the people you named... Well, frankly, I think Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith should have won. One of them should have won for Gosford Park. Like I don't know how Jennifer Connelly won. Well, but, one of the both. One of them should have been lead actress. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think this this is our second time talking about Macy Gray. I think because she was in uh, Idlewild. Mm-hmm. And she's the and, best. And, thing about, in and she's the best thing in Idlewild. Absolutely, the best thing in that movie. Well, Ben Vereen, I think, is in a different movie. <laughs> okay. Right, but but um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, actually. Think Macy Gray should act more. I, I well, yeah, I wish she did. Yeah, I, I, yeah, did. I think she should do more acting because she's she's fan. She has a wonderful presence. She does. She has a wonderful presence. She she absolutely does. So. And 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 then I re- I had remembered her being memorable, but I didn't remember mm-hmm. how memorable. Right, and like you said, that's the scene that people remember. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have anything to do with Denzel. Yeah, she was. She she is. Wow, she's no joke. She's absolutely no joke. 
Um, but again, I just, it really does bother me how they do the, how, how, how the, how the plot kind of drives the end of Alonza. Well, yeah, I, I, I see that, but I, I kind of like it because first of all, he gets his comeuppance by the Russians. Yes. And, and, and he didn't have the money for the Russians and the Russians are like, either give us some money or you're going to, no, 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 I out. get the plot, but just as a plot point, it's, 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 if, if you think about the, the integrity of this world that mm-hmm. they've built, mm-hmm. it just, it kind of cheapened it for me. Okay, I, I you know it. I, it didn't it again. Didn't not really. enough to, to, to you know. It didn't cheapen. For, it still felt right. Like I point. think, I think the two things that bother me is a a it's the plot, but it, the problem is I really was thinking of deep cover. Okay, and and again, I I do like. I mean, part of it is, you know, if you don't, if people don't know, this is based on the crash unit, the infamous crash unit of the LAPD, which was the narcotics unit that did the ramparts um, scandal was corrupt. And people, you know, all these officers were terrible. Mm-hmm. I, OK, I feel like there is a way to point out the corruption Mm-hmm. And what is wrong in the amor the immorality mm-hmm. of this thinking mm-hmm. and this philosophy that Alonzo puts forth that you don't have to bring in this outside stuff. Oh, he owes money to the Russians. Oh, this, that, and the ovens. Like I don't think that. Nor do you have to have the sort of movie cop as the counterpoint to it. Which is what Hoyt is like. Hoyt's a movie cop. Well, and and the implication is that as much as Antoine Fuqua and David Ayers, like you read about how they did the push and pull to show that Lonzo was part of a machine, mm-hmm. like he wasn't this lone wolf right agent. But it does sort of end with this sentiment that cops like Hoyt are the answer. You know, the movie cop. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree that it ends with like he's the answer because he's it, at, because while he is the comeuppance for Alonzo. He doesn't stop the machine, right? He doesn't. He doesn't stop it. He he. he it, uh, and I think it's. I think it's kind of interesting. You know, you ask the questions: What happens with the money? You know, what happens with Alonzo's boys? You know, what's next? Everything like that. I think it's kind of interesting that the film doesn't wrap up those details because okay. that's the next. Day, that's the next day. That's the machine resetting itself. Right. And finding out how to how to move on. Who knows? Now Dr. Dre becomes Alonzo. Right. You know? Right. Which he thought he was anyway. And somebody's gonna have some questions about that four million dollars. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and and some of and and some of that are things that would be, I think would have been interrogated if because Training Day in 2021 is not a movie, right? Training Day in 2021 is a eight episode Netflix series. Well, they're supposedly developing a series about young Alonzo. Like a prequel, yeah. The like how he got, to, yeah, yeah. And, which and, I don't need, yeah. And certainly, you know, there was a um apparently a short. I remember them talking about. I didn't remember it actually came on a short lived series with Bill Paxton. Oh, really? In the Alonzo role, I thought I read about that with Bill Paxton. Yeah, white guy Bill Paxton in the Alonzo role. I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Oh, it was on for like one season somewhere, but I don't know. I don't need a prequel of Alonzo. If anything, like you said, I need the next day or the next year. Right. In right. that in that um Right. Crime unit. So would you recommend people see training day? I would. I really would, just on the level of of performance. Uh, again, I know there has always been some lingering controversy mm-hmm. about frankly the black community's reception of training day and this being the role that Denzel won the Oscar for, but optics and politics aside, if you can put them aside, because I think you should, I I, I do think you should acknowledge people who, who argue about the power of images. Mm -hmm. But if you can put that aside, this is an extraordinary performance. It really is. Like I was sitting trying to think of performances that Denzel Washington has done that that are better than I. You know, I can think. You know, well, I think he's better than in Macbeth. You know, Fences, Malcolm X, Philadelphia. Um, I think he's good in Philadelphia. I don't think he's better. I don't think he's better. In Philadelphia than this. I really love him in Philadelphia. I do too. I just, yeah. I think, I think he is. I think it's more nuanced. I think it's a quieter, more nuanced performance in True. Philadelphia. True. Okay. So, so I'll take him in Philadelphia over this. But again, what did I name? Four movies? Yeah, but you named a couple that come after this. No, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about today. Okay. If well, we, if, if I had to do a Denzel Washington retrospective. Mm-hmm. I think this is in his top five performances. Oh, well, yeah. I yeah. think that goes without saying. Well, I don't know if it goes without saying. The man been acting for 30 years. Okay. Well, yeah. I think, okay. Yeah, and, and and again, especially a film that if you talk to 10 people, mm-hmm. four of them are going to talk about well, why they had to give him the Academy Award for him playing the crooked cop. Gotcha. So, but yeah, I would absolutely recommend this. And then, while Denzel Washington is very much the largest reason to see this film, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. Yeah, it's very You know, good. it's a great, like, I've, I have my quibbles about the last 15 minutes, but, you know, as I said, even before you made a pretty good defense of it, this, this is the oxygen tank at the end of Jaws that right. doesn't blow up, but then right. it blows up. It, it, like, you, it, yeah, sure, fine. Uh, training day. The, sorry to cut you off. The the the, the television show uh-huh. you were mentioning. 
um, ran from February 2nd to May 20th of 2017. Okay. With Bill Paxton and Justin Cornwell. Justin Cornwell, who we just saw in Jingle Jangle, where he played a young uh, Geronicus mm-hmm. Jangle. Um, it's set 15 years after the movie and follows Officer Kyle Craig, played by Justin, as he infiltrates the LAPD's special investigation section by becoming a partner with the morally ambiguous detective Frank Rourke, who is Bill Paxton's um, character whose off-the-books record has attracted the attention of the LAPD. I can tell you, this this was a short-lived series, I can tell you the number one reason in my mind that this show did not make it, despite being written by uh, David Ayer, you know, who wrote the original film. Oh, no, no, no. He, he didn't He didn't write this. It's just saying it was based on it. The reason why this film, this series didn't make it, mm-hmm. it was on CBS. Oh, yeah. Ain't nobody turning to CBS for Training Day. No. The second you hear that Training Day is airing on CBS, yeah. you know it's neutered. Yeah, we, I was about to say, people watch CBS like they're cops with their teeth and their records clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no. Yeah. And that, and 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 what? It lasted maybe four months. Yeah. So yeah. I can tell you, I don't. Unfortunately, this was one of Bill Paxton's final roles. Yeah, that's um, a shame. And would you recommend Training Day? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's a movie that holds up. Um, it's a movie that is still, you know, for better or worse, timeless. You know, yeah, about so, that. Um, uh, I think it is the and I think it's a an excellent thriller. It's tight. It's well acted. It's it's beautiful to look at. There's nothing wrong with this. May be one of the better movies we've reviewed on the mission. Oh wow! I'll, I'll go that high. Oh wow! You I'll, really because like there's it it pretty much checks every box mm-hmm. like I'm hard pressed to find a box that it doesn't check it's okay. a really good movie okay and it's two degrees of separation from um, Derville Martin so well there you go there you go there you go well that's another feather in its cap <laughs> alright um, before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week ladies and gentlemen I invite you all to like and follow the Michaud Mission on all of the social medias, the social media of your choice. We are there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, mm. at Michaud Mission. Check us out. Email us all of your thoughts and concerns to Mission at gmail.com, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. And you can go to the Michaud Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made where you can go to michellemission.com, hit swag, and you can check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at Tee Public, including, it's still going on, our special Six Degrees of Dervell Martin collection. Oh. It's up there. So go grab that. Grab, grab it while it lasts, while supplies last and while we haven't received any cease and desist, go check it. <laughs> go grab that up, ladies and gentlemen. And don't forget that Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate. Thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Check out all the cool podcasts they have available for your listening pleasure. 
Uh, next week, it's my turn here it on is. the show mission. And we're going back to the 70s, 1976. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. No, it's a different type of music. Okay, sorry. Different type of music, Vince. As we are going to 1976, where we're going to visit with a, a man who does not show up on the show mission all that much, but he's here now in one of his few leading roles that will be Roger E. Mosley. Okay. Very nice. In a film directed by Gordon Parks. All right. It's Roger E. Mosley portrays the folk singer Huddy Ledbetter. Better known as Lead Belly. Yeah. Next week. How about that? Here on the Michelle Mission as we continue on our road to episode 300. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That should be a good time. All right. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.